Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Well, our guest today, Dan, is somebody that uh, I feel a real kindred spirit and a lot in common with because, uh, like myself, he's an attorney and a minister, a Baptist pastor, uh, also happens to serve as a judge from the great state of Arkansas. And I had the privilege of hearing Wendell Griffin speak uh, for a lecture series at, uh, at Fuller Seminary last week, and just delighted to be able to to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Uh, Judge Griffin, Pastor Griffin, um, thanks for being with us today. Alan, thank you very much for allowing me to talk with you. It was good meeting you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Well, you used a phrase that I kind of want to pick up on here in your lecture. I think it was something like sectarian chauvinism. And as a... um, certainly evangelical, you know, a Baptist in in your own faith, you've had some fairly sharp criticisms of uh, some of the evangelical attitudes, especially towards religious liberty. And and that's the topic I'd like to explore, your critique of of the kind of narrow-mindedness that you have been perceiving. The reason I use the term sectarian chauvinism is that Often, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, when we, particularly evangelicals, speak of religious liberty, it often comes across very narrow focus. We're concerned about the liberty to do what we believe in advance of our own cause, but we're not really particularly interested, oftentimes, or at least not perceived as being interested in the liberty of others. I particularly am thinking now about the response that many evangelicals have to what would be considered as minority traditions or minority faiths. Uh, I think about the liberty that we want for ourselves, for instance, to be able to proselytize, but we don't want to be receptive even the presence of Muslims. And that's particularly of concern to me because that seems nowhere to be consistent with the notion of religious liberty as I have understood it in Scripture, let alone the religious liberty tradition we have across the centuries. You know, I use a phrase to describe this, um, Judge Griffin, and that is that for too many Americans, religious freedom means the freedom to believe as I do. Yeah. You know, religious freedom is narrow in that sense. Uh, it's my freedom, not yours. Right. And it's not, that isn't freedom. Uh, that is, for lack of a better way of putting it, that hegemony. Uh, if, if I'm big enough, I can do what I please, or I can, I can exercise my political power to make sure that I get the freedom to do what I please. And I can exercise my political freedom to any my liberty to make sure you don't get a chance to do what you please. And so that creates a that's the reason why I use the term sectarian chauvinism. Right. I am concerned, for instance, when I hear in 
presidential campaign, presidential debate, I hear one candidate say, okay, I don't believe a Muslim should be, uh, should be president. And then I hear another candidate say, well, I don't believe that they're not, they're dead to be president. Uh, particularly when the United States Constitution swears any religious test. You know, I don't mean to be at all disrespectful, but when you talk about, um, you know, religious groups gaining power and then wanting to restrict others, uh, I look at your own Baptist tradition in this sense, because Baptists in America are the ones who gave us the tradition of separation of church and state who gave us this beautiful respect for the liberty of conscience of everybody and and not having churches uh, wield any kind of dominant power. And yet in recent decades, um, uh, as Baptists have grown in, in number and political clout in certain places, uh, they have become much less committed to these principles of religious freedom and much more willing to exercise this kind of uh, dominant sort of power. Um, uh, tell me if you think I'm wrong. No, I don't think you're wrong at all. And, uh, I mean, let's just put this in contemporary context. The tragedies of the terrorist attacks in Paris last week have, have sorrowed the world. It is, it is compounded, however, by the by the intolerance that I hear from Baptists, the Baptist governor of Alabama, he is a Baptist, and I'm I'm not being unkind to him because he's from Alabama. I'm being forthright because he's a Baptist, and he says no Muslims, no Syrians, refugees, Alabama. Well, gee, is it because of the nationality Syrian? Is it because the likelihood that becomes they're from Syria, they may be Muslims? Is it because we are conflating nationality and religion with terrorism? That is the very opposite of what the Baptist tradition is. Roger Williams set up Rhode Island because of the oppression that Baptists suffered elsewhere. Pennsylvania which means, name means Penn's Woods, was established as a colony for Quakers because Quakers could not find a safe haven in any of the Puritan-held colonies uh, that were along the Connecticut River. We have to remember that our tradition of religious living is founded upon the oppression of Christians, and I don't use that term very often, of followers of Jesus against other followers of Jesus. And when followers of Jesus are oppressive toward other faiths, that just makes it look like we're hypocrites when we talk about religious liberty. Or we just talk about religious liberty because we're, we're sectarian chauvinists. You know, a week before the Paris bombings, some conservatives in Congress introduced a religious liberty resolution. And to follow that up with all of these sort of anti-Muslim immigrant refugee attitudes and some violence against mosques and what have you, I think is um, hypocritical is a very good term for it. Um, I think it's a betrayal 
of the American spirit, frankly. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, the biblical record. When we think about it, and I mentioned this during lecture on Friday, uh, you don't get very far in the text in our in the, our Bibles before you realize that the entire Bible is about the struggle for loose liberty. You read about it. I mean, the Gospels of Jesus about the challenge of the emerging religion of Jesus operating in the context of a more dominant tradition, the Mosaic tradition, and the oppression of the followers of Jesus by the established religion of that time is being mirrored by now, now by followers of Jesus toward other faiths. I think it is a betrayal of our own faith. It's older, much older than U.S. or Western European history. It dates back to the origin of our faith. You know, I really appreciated your giving us a walk through all of those scriptures from, you know, literally Exodus to, or Genesis to Revelation, and showing religious freedom being so central to the scriptures. You know, at this point, I want to urge our listeners that world events seem to be orchestrated to manipulate your emotions and to manipulate your attitudes in ways that are contrary to the scriptures and how uh, Jesus himself warned about so many false Christs in these last days, uh, you know, selling uh, false ideas about religion and how absolutely critical it is for us to keep our wits about us uh, and, and be in the Word of God and understand the Spirit of Christ and not be manipulated with our passions. Uh, I understand when people are upset because terrorists are killing people. Of course I understand that. You know, I'm a New York City kid. You know, imagine how I felt uh, on 9-11. Um, that was my home that was attacked. So I understand the emotions, but I also understand the extent to which uh, there's so much manipulation going on and how vulnerable we are to just being, you know, plucked like a string. Yeah. Alan, as you know, your readers don't know, but as you know, I'm African-American. And so my personal history is caught up in this issue of liberty and terrorism because in my childhood and in adult life, I have seen people of my background traumatized and terrorized by people who self-identified as Christians. And if I allowed myself to be manipulated by the xenophobic, uh, racist, and uh, very chauvinistic approaches I hear from some people nowadays, then I would simply say, no white evangelist would say a thing to me. Well, because I how they weighed in on the other side of justice when I was a child trying to fight segregation. So you and I have something in common in this regard, because being Jewish... Um, I well know that the greatest Christian civilization of the 20th century was responsible for killing 6 million Jews. 
And it's no wonder that Jews are so reluctant to accept the claims of the followers of Jesus who put forth that Jesus is, is the Messiah long hoped for by the Jewish people. Um, those of us who have come to embrace Jesus are relatively few and far between. It is something of a miracle. Uh, and, and frankly, it's, it's because of what has been done in the name of Jesus. That's a great note to end on. Uh, back to the concept of sectarian chauvinism. Our guest today, Baptist pastor, attorney, Judge Wendell Griffin from the great state of Arkansas. Um, I sure appreciate your being with us on Freedom's Ring today. I wish we had more time. I thank you very much for talking with me. It was great meeting you. I look forward to the continuation of our fellowship. God bless you. And God bless you as well. Thank you for listening, and don't forget that Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud on the internet. Check out our Freedom's Ring SoundCloud radio station. Don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.